Hey everyone, welcome again to more Layers. I'm Seth Mariano. And I'm Jordan Smith. And December is now underway, and so the race to get gifts, whatever, is on now. It kind of started around Black Friday, maybe even a little bit sooner. But yeah, with it being the month of Christmas now, things are really starting to pick up. I've been pretty lazy. I just... uh, I just had mom suggest some things, and and she be pretty much said, "Will you chip in for them?" I said, "Sure." Yeah, I've been asking around in my family to see if anybody's already gotten certain things for anybody else, just for the off chance that I might accidentally repeat a gift for somebody. Well. To those of you who are new to the show or and or the new format we've introduced for it, we're doing um, a routine where we pretty much, you know, we casually kick off and ease into a a our big portion, our table talk, focused on one general or big topic, and and then. And if we have a game idea, we'll do that. And then news that bites and news that rocks, which we can explain more later. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll jump right into the big topic of this episode, which is superheroes. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. I love superheroes. Yeah. You may have seen Jordan in his solo episode from our first season talking about reasons for the popularity of superhero movies. You can check Mm -hmm. that out later. And, you know, so you might hear some similar things this time around, but, uh, but I think we'll have plenty of fresh and new things to say this time around though. Yeah, we'll, we'll Probably make a couple references here and there, whether intentional or not. But yeah, this is going to be its own separate conversation. Yeah. And so we have um, a few questions to sort of guide this main discussion. Yep. And which have been written prior. And the first one is, what are things that make a good superhero story? And I kind of had a small paragraph to answer this kind of question. Do you want me to just read it off? Go ahead. Okay. So what I ended up saying was, it can be a lot of things that make a good superhero movie that will also make a good movie in general. You want a good timeline of events, likable characters who are also believable in their performance. And obviously, we all know that a superhero is something we could never truly be as they have abilities that are impossible in the real world. But if their performance in the role is good, we can forget for a short while that the characters are fictional. And the same kind of idea can be said for people like ventriloquists, for example. Deep down, we know that the puppets are not real, but the good ventriloquist will make you believe for a brief moment that the puppet is alive and moving independently. In addition to these ideas... While, again, we know that they can't be real, the way superheroes get their powers can still be done in ways we can wrap our head around, even if it still isn't people in real life. For example, Spider-Man got bit by a radioactive spider. Kryptonians like Superman are pretty much born with their abilities. 
And some heroes like Thor or the Green Lantern have special kinds of items or weapons that help them use their powers. Also, you want to make sure that the villain or villains is just as believable as everybody else. Make sure they are an actual threat. Even if they end up just being an evil equivalent of the hero, like Reverse Flash or Carnage, and you want to give them reasons for them to do what they do and not just have them take over the world simply because they're evil. Some of the best villains have two big qualities that make people like them. They make you feel sympathetic for them, such as having a tragic backstory that caused their mind or thoughts to become twisted. And they have reasons for doing evil things that in some ways arguably make sense. For example, in the Avengers films, Thanos wanted to wipe out half of the entire universe, but he was doing this because he felt it was overpopulated and he wanted the remaining half to thrive off the remaining resources. If that didn't work, then just wipe out all life so that he can create a whole new universe full of thriving life. Okay. So yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but I feel like a lot of those things go into a good superhero movie or story in general. Yeah. yeah. The tragic backstory when you were talking about that, I remembered, you know, hearing about how, like, in the first uh, Marvel Spider-Man flick in 2002, which uh, took a lot of inspiration from the Spider-Man comic book of the death of Gwen Stacy, mm -hmm. um, hearing about there's the the uh, key storyline in that book where Gwen was killed and Spider-Man got all fired up with anger and wanted to kill the Green Goblin for it. Yeah, the movies don't follow the comics exactly usually, but they usually at least take a lot of elements from them. Like uh, in that same Spider-Man film, when Green, Go Green Goblin makes that drop with one side being a whole tram car full of kids, one full of kids, and then... The other was Mary Jane. In the comics, it was actually Gwen Stacy who he dropped. And then Gwen only appeared briefly in the third Sam Raimi Spider-Man film. So yeah, some things were flipped around a little bit, but it still made a good story. I had an answer that was somewhat similar. I said oh, relatable characters, likable characters, Mm -hmm. Plots that are easy enough to follow, useful powers, villains with powers that pose concerning threats. So maybe I'll, I'll try and unpack all that. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And so relatable characters, you know, people whose like stories or situations you can understand and feel empathy for. Like, say, for instance, like the uh, character of Spider-Man, who's sort of uh, looked down upon, I guess, in school, seen as something, seen as kind of a nerd, and then, and take, and he's hopelessly in love with someone you could probably say, and then probably not feeling too good about himself, and then he gets these the powers that can give him an edge in some area or another. Okay, sure. Yeah. And, well, likable characters, you know, in, in a way I think that can help them make them more interesting. 
It can uh, help us want to root for them to succeed. Yeah, generally when you have protagonists, you want to make sure they're likable too because then if you don't like them, then you really don't care what happens to them. And as a result, you're not nearly as invested in the in the story. Now, and this is probably a biased standard for me. Plots that are easy enough to follow, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's just the way my brain works. I don't... It's probably not the same for everybody, but it seems like, like at least MCU flicks uh, tend to have a bunch of different different details big and small and a bunch of things going on at once and it feels like it's tangled up in a web no pun intended <laughs> but maybe that's just me well the thing with cinematic universes like marvel who's arguably the most well known for doing that right now uh is that they all take place over a certain period of time and they have a certain order in which it's recommended you watch them in order for the overarching story to make sense. Like, I think the whole cinematic universe for Marvel started with 2008's Iron Man. And then, of course, there were two more Iron Man films. There's been three Captain America films, so on and so forth. And now they got some streaming shows going on right now. Obviously, you want to watch... The earlier stuff first because that sets up a lot of what's going on later so with something like that yeah it can be confusing if you just jump in the middle or kind of watch them a little bit out of order but if there's somebody who's like a diehard fan that watches them from beginning to end from the less recent stuff to the more recent stuff and they've had time to adjust then a lot of what they're watching at this point will make more sense I also put useful powers. I probably wouldn't want a hero that that just has a power that's cool. Something that can really come in handy in situations that are serious or something that can be really used to help fix things that really need fixing. Sure. Yeah. And then villains with powers that pose concerning threats, you know. Having a villain maybe you know, utilize some kind of evil power that causes something that that like threatens the stability of a society or causes or causes the natural flow of general daily life in the community to be very inconveniently interrupted, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And so I think it's good. To have that more often than not. Yeah, and usually in cases like that, the uh, abilities that the villain has usually end up either being like pretty much the evil version of the hero, or they will have abilities that happen to like cancel out the abilities of the hero. Like they'll be the hero's weakness, as it were. Like Lex Luthor, for example, he's not necessarily a super villain by the traditional sense, but he knows what Superman's weaknesses are, and the biggest one being kryptonite, so he'll often have kryptonite-powered or kryptonite-fueled weapons when he goes and fights Superman, making him a big threat. Now, I found it interesting that 
and that the biggest thing that Superman is known for being vulnerable to is a sort of meteorite that's from his own planet. I've never understood that, but I think because I never understood that, I found that intriguing. Yeah, I definitely find it intriguing, though I always wonder to myself, how are they not affected when they're on their own, own planet? Is it just because it's been radioactivated somehow or somehow? Or because he's way? been away from home for too long? It's entirely possible. I'm honestly not entirely sure. Yeah, I don't know if anybody knows. Yeah, th There might be some Superman comic book fans that have a better answer to that, but I personally never quite understood how that works. And then I wrote down, have superhero stories become way too political? Uh, this is probably a complaint that... Uh, uh, that very nitpicky people well, make often about just about any movie that's out there, whether it has anything to do with superheroes or not. Right. Yeah. I'm like, they'll make a complaint like, this movie is obviously pushing an agenda in your face, or, uh, or it's too preachy or something like that. Yeah, I haven't seen entire movies do that too much although there will be some movie scenes that are obviously making some form of statement whether for better or for worse like i know a lot of people were kind of not necessarily upset but they could definitely see a statement being made in avengers endgame where all the female superheroes just happen to land in the exact same spot to like stand together and it's like okay this is making an obvious statement not necessarily bad but it's like that just seems kind of pushy in a way but uh generally with superhero movies becoming political or not i don't think they have at least not to an extreme degree and if it ever comes into play it usually gets resolved at some point if that makes sense like um the story with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier in their show has a big political statement within the story, but I won't say too much to avoid spoilers for those who haven't seen it. And the more recent Marvel films, such as Captain America Civil War or some of the Avengers stuff, often have the government itself involved in some way. And usually it's for them to try and reel the Avengers in and keep them from having free reign in the actions that they take. Although I will at least give a quick shout out to a much more recent Marvel film called The Eternals. So, well, the movie itself was not very well received. Not a lot of people seem to like it, but many did praise the diversity of the cast. Because there were many different ethnicities involved. There were many different relationship types, as it were. And a lot of people were happy to see that one of the main characters was only able to speak through sign language. And you don't think too many people complained that it was exploitative of deaf people or whatever, or or people complained that uh, that it was that it was too obvious they were forcing something or anything. Well, I did talk to several people after this movie came out to see what they thought, and these actually seemed more pleased than anything else that they included a character like that. Cause 
especially in big movies of that scale, usually don't get representation of people with some form of disability. So considering one of the main characters in a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, no less, was able to do that, seems to be received in a more positive light than anything else. So I think they were more happy about the representation as opposed to any sort of exploitation. I guess when I think of, you know, of of the sort of you know, extremely opinionated statements out there in the culture in general, like like power to the girls, power to the blacks, and there are people in those categories that seem to be really aggressively pushing it and then marvel's come out with some movies like captain marvel and black panther and the latter of which is pretty much has pretty much been described as a sort of a power statement or something for the african-american community mm -hmm. and so well, i guess it kind of makes me wonder are they really trying hard to hard to push um, politics of girl power and black power through film really hard is that what they're going for or i don't know i can definitely see what you're saying and yeah there definitely are some films out there that will do that just to be like hey look how we're representing these people even though they're just trying to excite people get on their good side so that their stuff makes more money but there are some genuine filmmakers out there i'm sure that will do this sort of thing just so that there's more diversity there's more representation for uh different general groups out there but yet really ultimately it can go both ways so to answer the question, have superhero stories become way too political? I think I would say no, because even though there may be clear differences between the heroes that we see, they seem to treat each other all the same. They don't you know, treat other treat some better than others, or or like 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 renounce or show resentment towards certain groups for being insensitive to them or or whatever they all seem to be at the end of the day on the same team with the same goal oh absolutely and even when there are groups of heroes like in captain america civil war who are just fighting each other there isn't really a hatred for or disliking towards a particular group of people. It's more like one group has this viewpoint on an issue and the other group has a different viewpoint and their viewpoints clash. And it has absolutely nothing to do with who's on what side. It's just they don't agree with the side that the other is taking, if that makes sense. From what I've seen in superhero media, I haven't... I can't think of an example uh, where someone's like, you know, you know, uh, I don't want this guy being so involved to this degree in the task because the boys get everything or I want the whites to be pushed down because the whites get everything. It, it's never seemed to be like that. Everyone seems to 
more or less respect each other and just uh, want want to be a tight team and and succeed all together. Yeah, they, they just stand together, fight a common evil, and they don't really care who they're fighting with as long as it's like, you know what, we're fighting for the same cause, let's do this together. And then I put down, who are some characters, whether co-heroes, sidekicks, or supporting characters, that could carry their own interesting stories? And pretty much immediately, I thought of one of the Incredibles characters, mm-hmm. Violet. Okay. I think in at least the first Incredibles film, um, she was pretty well fleshed out in terms of um, the depth of her story, her personality, her character, the way that, um, uh, that her superpowers were written along with her personality and all. And... Maybe giving her like a standalone movie to maybe add some more depth to her for people to see and and see how she can shine on her own. Yeah, that definitely would be a good story. And even if she didn't have a film or show by herself, I could still at least see some form of spinoff that features just the kids. Because they kind of did that briefly in the movie, or at least the first one, and the kind of the second one, I guess, a little bit. But it's like I could see like a full blown series with just these two. And I've thought about this before, but I got to give props to the Incredibles for kind of cleverly tying in each of the Incredibles' abilities with their personality, as it were, or at least where their position in the family is. Like Mr. Incredible, he needs a lot of strength to deal with the everyday life that he's dealing with, so he's got super strength. Mrs. Incredible, she's very stretchy because she's got to like stretch her limits or she's got to be everywhere at once, so she's got to reach far places from where she is just to get everything done. Uh, Violet is the shy teenager, so of course she disappears. She turns invisible. And Dash is the energetic kid, so he's going to be running around really fast. Yeah, well, did you think of one, too? Yeah, I, I thought of a small handful here. Um, one of them we kind of touched upon earlier was uh, Gwen Stacy. And whether through the comics or the Into the Spider-Verse movie, many people know about a storyline where Gwen becomes her own iteration of Spider-Man, often referred to as Spider-Gwen. <clears throat> And I personally would love to see her in a solo movie of her own and see what they do with it. Sounds kind of like a, a like a modern bionic woman thing. You know? Yeah, in a way. In a way, yeah. Uh, and then I wrote down Valkyrie, who was a character in Thor Ragnarok. I honestly enjoyed her overall performance in Thor Ragnarok and Avengers Endgame. And it was enough to the point where I could definitely see her kind of telling her own story. We got a brief backstory of her people and how she got to where she was, but it only lasted a few seconds. So it's like, I'd love to see a full story kind of explaining how she got to where she is. And then the last one I wrote down was Rocket and Groot. 
these two originated from the Guardians of the Galaxy films and stories. It's like these two are so tightly bound together that it's like, I want to know how these two met. I want I want to see a story of how these two first got to know each other. All right. All right. So, uh, and then this next one is something that was a last minute idea, actually. And uh, this was something, you know, uh, my dad and I were talking about uh, me, me working on this next episode and, Oh, and he gave me this idea, this question. Yep. If someone in real life had powers like a superhero, would they more likely be a help or a threat? Now, that is definitely an interesting question because many of us, especially as we were growing up as kids, will think to ourselves, like, how cool would it be if we had superpowers or what would life be like if we did and ultimately i would have to say that i think it depends on the person i feel like there actually would be some people who would use their powers for good reasons or for practical purposes or what have you but then there are there would be some people who would use it for their own personal gain or just to cause destruction in some fashion so i I would say it comes down to who has the power. Yeah, good point. And then finally, the question of who's one non-superhero, a character who is a hero but not categorized as a superhero, who should get their own TV show? All right, now, I know you said one, but I wrote down three of them. Oh, no problem. Okay, so the first one I wrote down, and I know I am fully aware that this character is getting his own TV show soon enough, but I did write down Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars. Because it's like, oh. in the original trilogy, we saw him as a mentor, and the uh, prequel films, we saw him as a sort of student and master, which was very interesting. And then when it was announced that he was getting his own show, many people were excited to see what kind of story they would tell. Well, yeah, I like him. He's uh, um, he was uh, a good, a good student to Qui-Gon and a good leader to Anakin and Luke. Yeah, uh, I think I think there's some good potential in that. Uh, and then I also wrote down this one's kind of kind of out there because not many people would probably think about this too much. But I wrote down uh, the characters from the game Sonic and the Black Knight. And part of the reason why I wrote this one down is because this, along with one other game in the Sonic franchise, they kind of take the Sonic characters and put them in a popular story. And this one, was the whole thing with King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And like Sonic is in that world, and it's like, okay, this is actually a pretty cool idea. And when I was thinking of people to answer this question with, I was like, what if they took these versions of these characters and did a whole show surrounding them, kind of fleshing out the King Arthur story a little bit more? 
All right. And then the last one I wrote down, I don't know if there's a show surrounding these characters already, but just to be safe, I wrote down uh, the Furious Five from the Kung Fu Panda movies. Uh, there's been a DreamWorks animation sort of spinoff with Penguins of Madagascar, so it probably wouldn't be uh, uh, wouldn't be too far out of the question. Right, and I know Kung Fu Panda already has had at least one or two TV spinoffs, but I don't know if they ever centered around the five specifically. So if not, then I personally would love to see that. Maybe a story about how they became the Furious Five or all the events leading up to the first movie or something like that. Yeah, maybe like a prequel story or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as Jordan mentioned, I only had one, and the one that I put down was Inspector Gadget. People our age, probably a bunch our age, grew up seeing the two live-action Disney films that uh, that were inspired by the old animated cartoon. So technically, he has had a show of his own, just not, but only in animation, technically, not in live-action. And I think since both of those movies and technology has advanced so much and gotten more, more electronic, more digital. There's probably huge potential for a whole bunch of fresh new original uh, story or crime situation ideas that could probably be whipped up. Yeah. I was about to say, I knew he had an animated series at one point, as well as the two films. But like you were saying, as far as technology and the way movies are made have come to this day, uh, I could definitely see them doing a fully fleshed out show again, whether it be like animated CGI or live action. I could, I could see them doing it in any of those ways and it being really good. Now that I might want to watch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So that's all the questions we had. And so oh, I guess we'll move on now to our game time. Mm -hmm. I did come up with a game this time, unlike last time. Okay. Uh, simple, maybe unoriginal, but I think it should be fun. Uh, basically, we'll take turns picking a letter of the alphabet and uh, trying to come up with with movies, shows, songs, companies, and albums that start with that letter, as many okay. as possible, as many as possible in two minutes. Okay. So uh, one one person will take a turn or pick a letter and try to th and try to come up with answers for two minutes, and then right. the other person and the other person will give it a shot. Uh, we'll go back and forth, or we'll do how about two rounds. All right. Uh, do you have a timer? Yeah, I got one right here. Okay. Yeah, and um, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and uh, what letter are you going to pick? When I pick a letter, is it the letter that you're going to use, or am I going to do it? Um, You will. Okay, uh, let's see. What letter am I going to go with? I will do. I will do L. 
Okay, go ahead. Okay, movie shows, songs, companies, albums. Let's start with L. Uh, there is a movie that I know starred Scarlett Johansson called Lucy. Yep. Uh, let's see. I know there's a show called Cagney and Lacey, but that starts with a C and not an L. If the characters were swapped around, then that'd be different. Uh, let's see. There's a song I know called Live Long Enough to Become the Hero. Okay. Uh, Last One Standing by Simple Plan. Okay. Let's see. Thought this would be a little bit easier. Uh, da, 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 da. Luke Cage, I know, was a Marvel television show. As well as Loki, now that I think about it. See, kind of flipping through all the different movies I've seen. Let's see. I don't know if Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe counts because... It's technically well, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything after the that counts. Okay. Um, I kind of I have like a couple racks of films behind me, but I feel like looking at those would be cheating. Um, let's see, are there any Disney movies or songs that start with L? Yeah, after the is okay. Okay. Uh, Lord of the Rings, any of those three films, or uh, the, the Hobbit films or something else. Uh, oh, that's it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a quick two minutes. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with um, um, M. Okay. Okay. Mm. Three, two, one, go. All right. Um, hmm. uh, Mrs. Robinson, Simon and Garfunkel song. Okay. Okay. Um, My Favorite Martian, which was a show and a film. All right. I'll, um, I'll count that as two. Well, okay. Um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Mr. Ed. Yep. Uh, Man versus Food. All right. All right. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. All right. There's two films there, so I'll count that as two. All right. Mamma Mia. Okay, two films there as well. As long as well as a Broadway show, but I'll I'll give you two. Uh Man on the Moon, a song by REM. All right. Uh, Men in Black. All right, there's now, how many films there? There, there were. 
Actually, there were four, because if you count Men in Black International. Okay. Okay. Uh, My Girl, Temptations. All right. Um, My Funny Valentine. Mm. Mandalorian. And that is time. Okay. So if you count all the sequels and such, that was around 17. No, 18. All right, around 17, 18, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. All right, what's your last letter? Let's see. It's got to be a good one. Uh, da, 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 da. I don't want to say T, because then anything that starts with the would count, and that's way too easy. I wouldn't count the. Okay, then, yeah, that's something else entirely. Um, what would be a good one? I'll do S. Okay, S. Ready? Yep. All right, and go. All right, so I got to start with a personal favorite, Sonic the Hedgehog. Great movie. Uh, let's see. I think there was a Keanu Reeves film called Speed. Yep. All right, shows, songs... Oh man, I thought this would be easier. Um, shows, right. songs, movies, companies, albums. Well, there's two films that start with an S. I won't say the first word because it's one that I'm slightly uncomfortable with saying, but it's blank and the city. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. Uh, do, do, do. Uh, Superman. All those films. Shoot. See, when I actually go to do these things and I'm put on the spot, it's like, oh, man, I really got to think now. Um, Spies in Disguise. That's a movie. It had like Will Smith and Tom Holland. Um, Spy Kids, all those movies. Seven Rings in Hand. That's a song that I know of. Uh, Sing... That movie that has all the different animals in a singing contest, Sing 2, which is coming out soon. All right, time. All right. I feel like I if, if I didn't have a timer, then I might have done better. But that's what, make this is, that's what makes this a game. All right. So I think that brings you to 23. All right. All right. And I've got one last round, and I'm going to go with. 
I'm going to go with E. Okay. You ready? Yep. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. Aragon. All right. Um, okay. Even Stevens. That was a Nickelodeon show? Uh, Disney. Disney Channel, okay. okay. Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. All right. Mm. Evermore, song from the live action Beauty and the Beast. Yep, very good song. Every Heartbeat by Amy Grant. All right. End of the Spear, a movie. All right. Um, E-Trade. Okay, that is a company, yep. Yeah. Mm. SO, another company. All right. Mm. Epson company. Mm -hmm. and time all right so i counted nine on that one um yep there we go 27 there okay so you did win that one all right so now uh, we'll go into our news that bites and news that rocks. And these are both uh, things that could be in the news or something personal or something we know about personally or something we've read or heard or seen about. Yep. And news that bites, you know, uh, something, something either negative in our minds or, or on the flip side, news that rocks which is more positive and we could have one, we could have the other, we could have both. And I have both today, but uh, do you want to start? Yeah. And I do have both also for news that bites. I was originally going to talk about how a new variant of the ever so well-known virus going around has been discovered. But I figure people don't want to hear too much about that any more than they already have to. So sure. what I went with is something that happened on the way home from work last night. Because I was on a not too very well lit road. And I look ahead of me and coming the other direction is somebody else driving. And they are way more than halfway over their lane, not... I don't even know if they realized that they were heading right for me. So 
Uh, at the last second, they did swerve back onto their side of the road, just missing me. And it appeared to me that they had their phone in their hands. Look out, people. Be careful. And stay off your phones while driving. I found something in the headlines the other day. This is my news that bites. And it mm. comes from the website of the BBC. And, and apparently, um, the government in Greece it is trying to pass a law requiring uh, people there over 60 years old to get COVID vaccinated. And uh, if this law were to be passed, then effective the middle of January, uh, anyone who fails to do so uh, within a specific time frame, I guess, will be fined 100 euros, which would be the equivalent of $113.16 in the United States. And I'm going to assume that they can repeatedly do this over the course of time if they still don't get it? I don't think they said whether it was a one-time penalty or or multiple i but i think just having a fine in place would be bad enough because because what if someone's allergic to vaccine ingredients you know yep. and of course there are some people that are just against them in general and there are going to be a lot of people who are upset one way or another. And I feel like a few of them will make the statement that 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 it's no longer a choice at, as opposed to an ultimatum. And the U.S. is kind of facing a similar issue right now because some places in government are trying to have a mandate put in place for the vaccine. And I know there's a lot of people who do not like that. So considering that not only would it be mandatory, but would be penalized if it wasn't followed, definitely seems to be pushing it a little bit. Yeah, it seems insensitive. It bites for me. Yeah, I can definitely see why. Yeah, and uh, what's your thing that rocks today? What I wrote down is something I'm personally very excited for, that being that next week starting on either Thursday or Friday, I will be heading down to Universal in Orlando, Florida. Well, I think it should be a good trip. I personally have never ever been to the Universal Park. I don't know if you have before. I went there once, but I was really young. I believe I was around six-ish when I went there. So even if I had been there once before, I don't remember a whole lot, and I'm sure there are many things that have changed since then. So we'll see. I think it, sh I think it should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And my news that rocks is I saw an ad for this one day, and I thought it looked interesting. Disney has just come out with a new movie on Disney Plus that's basically an animated reboot of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Okay, so it's not even a live-action version. It's like an actual animated to look like the characters sort of thing. Yeah, it is. Um, the character designs are pretty much 
after the designs you see in the books of the characters, it's 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 pretty much the original book story brought to animated life. Okay, I could definitely see uh, somebody doing that. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was done by the same people who did the uh, Captain Underpants movie. Uh, I do know that um, uh, that the author of the books, Jeff Kinney, wrote the script and uh, produced it. I'm not really familiar with any of the names in the cast, but... Uh, uh, but yeah, the the author himself is was very involved in making it. Yeah, that's usually a good sign when the the uh, original author or writer or what have you of the source material that the current stuff is based on is involved in some way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, I think that's going to do it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for streaming, you know. Keep your questions, your comments, whatever, ideas, keep them coming and you know, watch us on YouTube, Facebook, stream us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and enjoy. Yeah, and if you have suggestions for future episodes, if you have any constructive criticism, or if you just want to say hi, or if you have a topic that you yourself would like to talk about on the show, please let us know. We'd love to have some more interactions with our audience please keep the conversation going and thanks again for streaming and we'll see you next time see you later everybody <laughs>